Hello and welcome back, Average Joes, everybody out there that's in our sphere, in our world. Uh, I'm here. My name is Creighton, my co-host Garrett, and uh, we're getting together today to talk. Well, we're huge music nerds and have definitely consumed our fair share of content about music, along with just music, obviously, itself. But, you know, if you're, if you're into music the way we are you're probably also trying to get all the other little tidbits that you can about your favorite artists or just people that are interesting in general um and uh so today we're going to kind of want to we want to highlight some of those like crucial things whether they be written or film or whatever uh to just kind of like let people know about them if there's something that not on your radar right now or just something that may be uh, maybe you'd enjoy like, like, you know, just sparks your interest because we're talking about it. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we brought this up probably, I would say probably a couple of times on the show. Don't you think Garrett? Yeah. Yeah. More, more than likely. I know a handful of the, uh, things I brought to talk uh, about today. I've definitely mentioned, uh, in the past, but, um, yeah, no, I, I think, um, although, a piece of art, you know, a, a successful piece of art, I think should always speak for itself in a certain way. But I find more and more that sometimes like having more context for, you know, music or, you know, different kinds of art, even I think sometimes having context for like the people who made it uh, can sometimes like enrich uh, like your experience. You know, I, I think sometimes it's, nice to know that you know a little bit about the human person that made a thing you know sometimes our favorite musicians don't always turn out to be the nicest or greatest people (laughs) Um, (laughs) which is true too but like i I think that's good context as well you know it's like it it helps you it helps you put certain things in perspective in a you know a, a broader way yeah i um definitely i that's like always kind of the the rough thing about uh, when you get into like a, a biography or something and then kind of finding out some things that you really kind of didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, you know, I just, it's just kind of, you, you kind of have to go, I guess, about that. You're kind of your own pace, how you want that, <laughs> want to make that let you feel about what it is but i think for the most part most of the stuff that i've read has been um yeah i mean it's been pretty like good stuff i i um a lot of times uh if it's some kind of if it's something that ends up ruining a person for me it's (laughs) it's not necessarily like the biography i read it's something that's dug up later like in an article or something in like a newspaper but but then on the flip side of that, you have somebody like um, Weird Al who's making uh, some sort of like documentary comedy something about his life right now. Yeah. Who it turns out, you know, if you do look into him is it really is the sweetest and best guy ever. So it's like, you know, <laughs> it's there. there's lots of good news as well. But, yeah, you know, definitely. I, but I, I think it's it's just nice to know a little bit. Like I'm trying to think of examples who aren't going to be in in some of our topics, but like 
you know, say a Kurt Cobain or something like that. A lot of his music came from a pretty, you know, like deep pain inside, like physical and, you know, kind of more mental. Um, and I think, you know, knowing a little bit about his life makes his, you know, his music more interesting. And you know, yeah, like we like we say, sometimes it can be kind of a bummer and bad news, but sometimes it's uh, it, it, well, and I think always it's just helpful to um, understand, you know, what they made a little bit better, especially for you know, kind of like classic stuff. Well, I guess uh, I guess Garrett, we can just kind of hop in from yeah. there, uh, kind of talk about some things. Uh, just I, I guess we'll start with biographies, but I think. Um, you know, like we have like a, 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 a skeleton of what we're going to talk about, but I'm sure we're just yep. going to jump around the whole time. So, um, yeah. And I, yeah, I think that's fine. And I'll also preface some of mine just so I don't have to say it every time. It's like some of them are a loose fit as far as, you know, biography goes or whatever. Um, yeah. 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 But, but I, you know, I think that's okay. I, I just tried to come up with a list of some interesting stuff that does sort of what we were talking about, you know, gives you context into the, the music and, you know, the time and the lives of the people. Yeah. So which one did you want to start with Garrett? Like uh, you've got a good list here going. So I'm going to kind of let you choose one see. that you want to highlight first. Um, we can go uh, since we already kind of mentioned it uh, when we were talking before we started, we could start with um, the book, creative quest uh by quest love yeah yeah which is is kind of one of these loose fits it's not particularly a biography um i even think i read another book of his that is maybe more that but i read uh this one more recently um actually listened to it which he narrates i just i'm a real big fan of the guy yeah um, for those who don't know um he is most famously i talk about him quite a bit on this podcast i feel like but he's like um the drummer for the roots on Jimmy Fallon. And they've been doing that for like the better part of 10 years. And they've been a band since long before that. Um, this is a book that is, uh, I, I guess a little bit more focused on, um, his, uh, just kind of his creative process and like working with creative pe people and like some of his inspirations as far as like, programmed drums and live drumming and stuff like that goes um i believe there's even uh i'm trying to think i know i've I, i'm pretty sure he talks about it in his uh red bull academy interview more um th there's some more i think kind of like interesting autobiographical stuff about him out there as far as you know growing up with like his dad was a band leader and you oh know, yeah, taught yeah. Him, taught him kind of like all the standards um and, you know, he starts off as this kind of like really tight, sort of precise, um, you know, more kind of jazz and band drummer, um, which is interesting, given the context of him, you know, making primarily hip hop with his band and like them being kind of on the forefront of, um, I think, just pushing, you know, interesting kind of this um it's just on my mind because it's also on my list. And I know I've mentioned it already on the podcast, uh, the Dilla time book that I just read. Um, he was super influenced by Jay Dilla just as far as like the drums went. And, and I mean, so many, so many people in hip hop were just the, the approach to, you know, 
programming drums in such a way that they have more of a human feeling, which um, both of these books actually uh, do kind of go into in like a real specific way. If you're interested in that kind of thing, it's, it can get a little bit technical um, if you're not as interested, but uh, just hearing Questlove talk about, um, you know, kind of his thoughts on the creative process, I thought was really interesting. Uh, it's a good read. It's not super long either. Yeah, I, I kind of, I like that kind of stuff. And um, Questlove just does a lot of things, though. That it's definitely worth checking out. His podcast is really cool. He's a, he's a. Uh, a vessel of knowledge into just music yeah. in general. Like, yeah. Um, He's sort of just like one of our great living ambassadors for kind of music history and music yeah. culture and stuff. Yeah. Um, I've actually got another pick of something he's involved with <laughs> that we'll talk about later on. So I think we can probably kind of leave that one there. Yeah. Um, that one. I mean, that's definitely on my list. I, I, I'm glad we did this episode because I've just been needing. Uh, it's just like it gotten to that point. What that I like feel like a lot of people probably hit where, like, I, I have like a pretty decent commute and I'm just trying to find something to listen to on the way oh, there. Because yeah. um, as much totally. as like I love music and we do this show occasionally, like you just need to mix it up a little bit with like a book or a podcast. And most of my podcasts are kind of starting to. I've either binged them too much or um, yeah, you get all caught up. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, yeah. all right, like time for a book. And uh, I think it's just like part of my goal. It has been to just kind of get, read a little bit more, find, you know, get a little bit more information that way. So super excited about this episode. Cause there's like a lot of great picks on here. Um, I, I guess for me, I mean, my talk as far as books go and like written stuff, I've said it many times on the podcast as well, but just a, a room full of mirrors, the Jimi Hendrix biography by Charles oh, R. Yeah. Cross is, is fantastic. And I just like, like, even if, um, like if you're just interested in guitar, but you may not even be like a Jimi Hendrix, like fanatic or something like that. Um, or it's just, his life was so interesting and kind of like, tragic in a lot of ways um, oh yeah in almost every way yeah it, pretty much yeah and uh just to hear just to kind of see to to, to read that uh like just all this stuff that happened it just kind of uh i i mean i i knew a fair amount of things but you it, it, the author really goes into depth and he did an amazing job on that that biography and like i know that there's a lot of jimi hendrix stuff out there because it's jimi hendrix but for sure that's the one to read <laughs> so yeah uh, uh, agreed i think um i think a lot of people kind of misunderstand who he was in a lot of ways you know i i think sometimes he can kind of come across as you know this sort of um you know face for like the hippie movement or whatever yeah, um, I, I think sometimes a lot of music from that time actually kind of gets lumped into that. And I, I think people get kind of the wrong idea about who he was in, in certain ways. Like, Definitely. did you did you ever see that? Um, I don't even remember the name of it now, but it was the uh, 
the biopic they did on him uh, that uh, Andre 3000 played Jimmy. No, um, I didn't. What is this called? I'm surprised I didn't hear about that. <laughs> well, there's a couple of reasons for that. Hang okay. on. I'm just looking. <laughs> uh, the, the, the name of this movie is Jimmy. All is by my side. Uh-huh. And there were like kind of some production hiccups with it in general. Um, it took a long time for them to kind of get it out there. And I think it was like an independent film studio or something. And they had this trailer pretty early on and Andre 3000 does an incredible Jimi Hendrix. Like it's very just, he doesn't do necessarily an impression of him, but he just, he really captures kind of his presence. Yeah. However, the big production problem that they ran into is they couldn't get, um, they couldn't get the rights to use any of his music. Oh yeah. In the movie. Kind of like um, that new Bowie biopic that's going to come out or has come out now. I, I think just, so. Yeah. It came out like during COVID. So it just kind of yeah. blew over, but. Um, and they get around it in some pretty creative ways. I thought, which I almost had to give them, you know, credit for, but just, ha- a, I don't know. It, it's preposterous to me to make a, a Jimi Hendrix movie and not be able to have any of his music. In it. Yeah. Like it doesn't even have to be a ton of it. And like I said, they did get around it in some creative ways, but um, it was pretty, um, it, it, it was hard to not think about that watching it the whole time that I, I Andre 3000's performance, I think almost makes it worth it. Um, yeah. I might have to check it out. He is, he is a very good Jimi Hendrix. Um, and like, I think put a lot of work into like, being able to play guitar pretty convincingly and stuff like that. Um, um, it's, it, it's cool in certain respects, but <laughs> um, yeah, there's a reason you didn't hear about it. Probably. Yeah. It's so, um, so. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of like a, like with the David Bowie one, I, I don't know. It might've come out, might not have, but uh, let's see. Cause yeah, I remember, you know, like Mark Marin was supposed to be in that one. It's like his oh, manager and um, who was playing David Bowie. I can't remember, but another pretty big name, if I'm not mistaken. Um, um, Stardust. Yeah. It's a 2020 British Canadian biographical yeah. film about David Bowie and Ziggy Stardust. Uh, Paul Van Cart. Oh, wait, uh, those producers. Johnny Flynn stars yeah. as Bowie. Um, okay. But yeah, it's just huh. kind of the same thing. Like it sounds like pretty much the I was, same I was story. Of something else, I think. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of other stuff that's come out. There was a. Um, there's so many horrible David Bowie documentaries out there, so just beware. Yeah. Um, but there it, is a, a yeah. pretty decent like PBS feature, I think, on him that came out after his death, pretty pretty soon after, with a lot of the musicians that played with him and stuff that's pretty good. Um, but, but yeah, that, I, that just reminded me of that movie because it just really blew over. Nobody talked about it much. And I think a big reason was because the family was just really unsupportive of it. So most people were just like, mm. yeah, I mean, he was a super complex guy and yeah. you know, kind of had a lot of different phases of his life. For a while, he was surviving on nothing but bell peppers and cocaine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like yep. uh, he 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 kind of lived 
a lot of different lives it feels like and um kind of was all over the place musically did a lot of different things it's he's a hard guy to capture in that way um i think kind of similarly um i don't want to like jump ahead to movies necessarily but it just made me think of another one that i did include on our list uh which is the um Martin Scorsese movie, No Direction Home, which uh-huh. is about Bob Dylan. Oh, um, yeah, I've heard that. It's amazing. It's, I've never seen it. It's it's like a two-parter. It's like some, I don't remember how long. It, it's, you know, it's like five hours or whatever. It's super long. Yeah. Um, I think is kind of one of the best examples of taking a really complex subject like Bob Dylan or David Bowie uh-huh. and kind of just being like, here's as much as we know um and like here's some stuff from the guy himself um i'm sure there's enough like bowie talking in other people's documentaries that you could probably pull something like that together pretty convincingly even though he's not around but um just the fact that like bob dylan's in it and is actually kind of less evasive than usual um because i mean that's what makes him kind of a difficult person is you know he's known for being pretty evasive and like answering questions sarcastically yeah um being sort of a prickly guy sometimes but um it's that's that's i think one of the better ones um i think even that uh Jimi Hendrix documentary or, or, or a biopic I was just talking about suffers from the same thing where it's just like is kind of a complicated guy who did a lot of stuff for, you know in a pretty short amount of time yeah it's hard to always <laughs> that's for sure sum up exactly what you know what the essence of this person is yeah but uh, no no direction home was kind of interesting for, for that reason where it's like it tells you pretty much everything there is to know about the guy but also leaves plenty of room for just like yeah, but you know, like you ask yeah. Bob a question today, he'll give you one answer. You ask him the same question tomorrow, and he'll give you a completely different answer. It's yeah, like, I'm. I was just looking at it. it. Looks like it's on Netflix, and I, oh, cool! I'd really yeah, love to check that out because I mean, I'm not even a incredible huge Bob Dylan fan, but he's always fascinated me. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, um, he's a he's a character. There's a there's supposed to be there's a movie that got postponed about his electric years when he switched to electric. Um, Oh, did with, that? Uh, what's with yeah. Timothy Chalamet playing him? And I thought, oh, that's like okay. such amazing casting for Bob they Dylan. Did, <laughs> they did a documentary semi recently about kind of that time of his life is what I was thinking of. Yeah, I think they did. But this was like it was uh, they were going to begin filming 2020 and it just, you know, everything went downhill. So it's been postponed. But my fingers are crossed that they still do it because I think timothy chalamet would play an incredible bob dylan oh yeah the, the rest <laughs> of the movie could be terrible and i would definitely want to see what he does with bob yeah dylan. i mean he's he's a great actor and he yeah. would i mean he looks just like that era of bob dylan yeah as well. he kind of I mean, does like, I, like yeah. I was showing my like wife i was showing her alexis the side by side i was like no like look at like that's like he would knock that role out of the park. I feel like, and he's from New York too. So like, All um, right. you know, uh, Dylan spent definitely a fair share of time over there, which is, you know, no question why Martin Scorsese is doing the documentary on him too. I feel like he likes to um, do a lot on New Yorkers. Like the one he did on, 
Ann Leibovitz, I think it is. Oh, did he? I don't know if I've seen that. Oh, it, um, I know he's done a couple of music documentaries. I'm kind of no, not not Leibovitz. Uh, oh shoot. Oh, oh, actually, I've got another one of his documentaries on this list as well. I just realized. I mean, he's he's an incredible. Uh, he, I mean, just a lot of things that he touches pretty much is like does a really good job. But there's a, I, I probably shouldn't um, dig too much on this because it doesn't re- like, um, Fran Leibowitz is oh, the, okay. uh, so it's a Netflix series and it's hilarious. I, it's oh. like it's amazing. So I, I highly yeah, recommend. Yeah, I don't know it. about Fran Leibowitz. But she's just like, uh, she's just, I've learned about her in like a class once. Uh, Cause she's just kind of this quirky lady. That's just kind of awesome and funny. So it's, it's definitely worth checking out. She's just got, yeah, it's just. Oh, and he's supposed to be doing um, some new biopic movie um, about the grateful dead. And I think uh, Jonah oh, Hill's supposed to be playing wow. Jerry. <laughs> that would be she'll be crazy fantastic yeah. <laughs> uh, that that cracks me up that could be really interesting um anyway so it would probably better come back into the come back uh yeah you to have the some list book here. Picks. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah i mean room full of mirrors is is great but yeah. um definitely covered that enough and um yeah, there's, there, I mean, there's, it's like I said, there's a lot of information out there on Jimi Hendrix and even some of like the kind of just documentaries that you'll find on streaming services that are just around are good. But if you just want to like a really, if you want to know more about the guy in his life, that book will give it to you. Um, but I'll let you take the next one, Garrett. Um, you can head into one of your books here. Yeah. Um, a, a couple of these I know I've already mentioned on here before, so I kind of really won't say much about either of these other than if you're even kind of interested, you should definitely check them out. Um, Our Band Could Be Your Life by Michael Azarod is like, I think one of the best books I've ever read about music, but even like kind of one of the best books I've ever read, period. It's fantastic. It's just kind of like about sort of American kind of punk music, but also just DIY. And it sort of goes chapter by chapter and we'll go through like a band. So it'll go through like Black Flag, Dead Kennedys, Whisker Do. It goes through chapter by chapter, these different bands and kind of shows like what they all contributed um to sort of american music is like all the way from touring and you know how to press albums and get them distributed um to like how to form a bit like it just kind of covers a lot of really important american rock bands um it's incredible also the beastie boys book is another one i mentioned ad nauseum uh the audiobook version is really Actually, the audio version of both of the the audiobook version of both of those is really good. Um, I won't go to, into them too much other than that. Um, the other uh, I kind of had a a double pick 
with this one, uh, with the other thing I had on here as far as books is um, there are two Jeff Tweedy books that are pretty good. Um, uh, Jeff Tweedy from Wilco. Uh, he wrote a book called more recently called how to write one song, which is really interesting. If you're curious about that kind of thing, it is sort of instructional in a way. It's really interesting. Um, but as far as biographies go, his book, um, let's go so we can get back is very interesting. He's lived a really crazy life. Um, and I love Wilco. Yeah. I, um, the, our band could be your life. I was looking that one up and that seemed really cool. So that's it's amazing. Like, he has a different, out. he has a different person read each chapter. Um, most of them being like, pretty notable musicians um i think maybe henry rollins reads the black flag chapter i think it's been a while since i listened to it but like um colin malloy from the decemberists reads the husker do chapter uh-huh. um fred armison i believe reads a chapter uh it's it's really good <laughs> i think fred reads the replacements chapter uh-huh. i think but yeah it's it's great that book I've read it a couple of times. It kind of blows my mind every time. It's just extremely thoroughly researched. Um, so I sort of always have to bring that one up. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that one sounds really cool. Um, uh, another one that I've, I put on here cause um, I feel like I've read more, but I just can't think of them right yeah, now, but I'm also just, yeah. I also like trying to put ones that I like put like pretty high that I just, I really like thoroughly enjoyed. Um, not that I haven't enjoyed some other things, but um, totally. Uh, I just didn't catch me as, uh, as much as some other ones. Um, but the John Coltrane, his life and his music, I, I bring Coltrane up quite a bit because he's just kind of one of my heroes oh, musically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's by a guy named Porter Lewis so good um i i really love that book um i i want to get a copy of it i just read it through the library um okay and yeah that's one i haven't read yeah yeah uh, it was actually my college library so i haven't even seen it like it might be you know you're downtown so like that huge library down there probably would have that and i don't know if there's an audio version that would be awesome i'm looking was. for that right now that but, would be but yeah the 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 biography is really good and i didn't put it in the documentaries and biopics but uh i just was gonna mention it on the side uh with this one uh there's a pbs special that came out like three years ago but called chasing train that's also just oh. a solid it's like an hour long documentary but it really covers him and the people who played with him and um i think just a real reason like what something that really draws me to coltrane um is like uh i also have like another like for example i have a miles davis documentary that i will highlight a little bit later but like you know miles davis was one of those guys that just came to him and of course like he he went to music school and all that kind of stuff but Totally. Everyone talks about how the first time he picked up a horn, it was like incredible, but Coltrane, it was like that guy had to work and like, it was just so much of his passion that like, that's what created 
everything that he did, you know? Yeah. Um, and like kind yeah. of finding those stories, especially within like the art sphere and like the music sphere in particular, it's like, it's nice to hear those stories. Cause you just hear so many, so often, Oh, they were just a prodigy, you know? And so, yeah. Um, it's just yeah. to hear that kind of story, like to hear people talk about, Oh yeah. When he was playing in the, the, you know, when he was playing in the army and the band in the army, like it was horrible. Like those recordings are terrible. <laughs> um and then to hear like them backtrack on that it, like to say like but like like i i remember one of the guys that was playing with him when he was playing with um dizzy jalepsy i no charlie parker um okay yeah when he was playing with charlie parker uh like they would be in the hotel room and he'd be practicing and his like the guy that stayed in the room with him be like, like dude like shut up like i'm trying to like relax or like he's like yeah he wouldn't sit down and watch like a baseball game or anything he would just be sitting there and when people told yeah. him to be quiet he'd still be just fingering the notes trying to figure things out and so <laughs> it just kind of blew my mind you know it's kind of like uh Kind of like how you mentioned uh, the uh, MF Doom Red Bull uh, 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 interview is like yeah, super yeah. inspiring to you. Anything like that, like with with Coltrane, that was just something for me. It was like, oh, like it's it's good to hear those kind of stories, like uh, that, like you can work yeah. that hard to get there. You know, you don't have to be born a prodigy. Yeah, of course, like, you know that, but it's just it's cool to kind of hear those stories because they just don't come out all the time. You right. Know? Yeah. Like to hear that John Coltrane was a person and he had to like, you know, practice and yeah. do boring stuff. Yeah, exactly. And um, the it's, it, oh man, especially those jazz guys. So many of them just have such wild stories. Uh-huh. Like even John Coltrane who oh. didn't, you know, necessarily go you know wasn't known necessarily for going as hard into like you know crack or heroin or particularly yeah like he was able to kick of, it pretty pretty early on and yeah like every, everybody kind of yeah did. yeah yeah <laughs> but, um that's not particularly a part of his legacy um even still he's just he's a really out there guy oh yeah <laughs> like he was um you know, he was spiritual to a degree. I think a lot of people can't totally appreciate. Yeah, I think we mentioned that documentary on here last year at some point about um, that church. The that church that started after he. Yeah. yeah, there's like some church of Coltrane or something that these people started after his death and maybe <laughs> while he was alive. Um, and he just kind of inspired. He sort of inspires this in people. <laughs> he's a yeah, he's a his really dad, interesting guy, or his uncle, someone that was pretty close to him and lived close or in his home. I don't remember was like a pastor, but he also had like such an interest for every other kind of like spirituality out there, like any other religion, any other kind of teaching that would help you like get closer to some kind of divine being, and so he it was just like he kind of like mixed all of those ideas together in a lot of his music and a lot of his life which was yeah. just really yep. really interesting and like i think from an outside view especially kind of with the, the church of uh, saint john coltrane or whatever it is yeah um I, like i think that uh, a lot of people maybe kind of get like a somewhat of a christian viewpoint on it but he was more of a guy to me 
that mixed the good of everything and tried to blend everything he could not not only in his music but in yeah. his life and his spiritual practice as well yeah i was uh you, you know that the uh, back it's just interesting bringing that that church up back when um that movie came out with steve carell uh and timothy chalamet bringing him up again about the father and the son whose son's a drug addict and they just go you know are they going through like a cycle i don't uh, beautiful boy i think is what it's called huh i don't think i saw that one oh it's it's incredible if you haven't seen yeah yeah. beautiful boy it's on amazon you should definitely watch that it's amazing interesting i've I've, steve carell it was just insane the performance he did in that (laughs) along with uh yeah he's great yeah and like it's i'll just say this like uh just He's he doesn't take the comedy route in this one. Like he's just gonna yeah. tug at your heartstrings the whole time. Yeah. Um, and is fantastic in it. And so is Timothy Chalamet. But the actual father and son in real life after the movie came out were on like the Today Show or something like that, doing an interview. And the son had on because like music was a huge part of his life. So in the movie, okay. you're gonna hear I probably like Bob Dylan, Aphex Twin is in there, David Bowie's oh, in there. So okay. like they get a lot of like musicians that kind of influenced him. But in the in the um interview, he had a like Church of St. John Coltrane t-shirt on. And oh, I was wow. like, interesting, you know. I thought that was kind of cool, but um, yeah, that's pretty niche. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was like, where do you get that shirt? I mean, I I'm not remember, but <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it rad. would be cool. Um but yeah, uh Anyway, it's a cool book, uh, and uh, the documentary "Chasing Train." It, definitely check that out. I think it's for. I think you can watch it for free on YouTube, if I'm not mistaken. But it's also, I think, available still on PBS's website. So, okay, definitely yeah, one to that. check out. But let's see. I think that covers all of our books, except for the one that we were also talking about at the beginning of the episode because I got served an ad for it and was really tempted to get it. That's uh, Dilla time which you yeah. brought up last episode. And that was pretty much the reason that that's what sparked the whole interest in doing this episode in general. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I finished it. It's amazing. It, it's kind of a niche topic. It's sort of hard to like, I don't know, I guess sell people on Jay Dilla. Like if, if you're, if you're already in like, I don't know if you already know who he is, I think this book is incredible for you. I think otherwise it might be a little bit confused. It just, it, it, it's sort of a biography and also kind of technical about like, um, you know, what, what his impact on sort of digital programming and like, uh, sort of drum time signature stuff goes. It, it, it's, it's fascinating. It, if you're into him already, or even just kind of into hip hop at all, you probably have listened to something that he was involved with. He was, you know, worked with a lot of people during his short time. And um, it's, man, it's just, it's really, really good. It's, it's kind of a, a beautiful thing The the last two chapter or like the last couple hours or so of it was pretty difficult for me to get through. Cause it's just, you know, he, he dies pretty untimely and, you know, had a had a pretty rough last couple of years and um but man what a life um i i can't recommend it enough you know he just uh 
he touched so many people while he was here and um, his impact on modern music, I think is pretty immeasurable. Yeah. I, it's definitely one I want to check out and it seems like it's um, I mean, it's received like really good reviews. So I'm, I'm excited yeah. to, to yeah. I'm going to have to get me a hard out. copy of that, I think, but again, um, audiobooks, I, I love them. It's a, it's a good one. Yeah. Audiobooks are, are a game changer for sure. Uh, anyways, uh, we brought up quite a few of the documentaries that we've, uh, we've a few of them oh, yeah. and biopics already. Uh, for me, my all-time favorite, though, um, is the Fearless Freaks, which highlights the Flaming Lips in their first, I think it goes to War of the Mystics. It, I think they're, like, making They're it. about, yeah. Um, I think Yoshime was out, but I could be, it might be Yoshime that they're creating it. No. Could be. I'm pretty sure it's Mystics, but... Um, I loved that movie. I love that era of the flaming lips. Unfortunately, like, Oh yeah. Almost like, well, peak flaming lips for sure. Yeah. Like not immediately, but, uh, embryonic came out and after that it just went downhill. And so I don't like, they've had some good music. Uh, but I think what's hard is for me is seeing the Wayne that is, who's the lead singer, seeing the Wayne that's in the fearless freaks compared to the Wayne I see in interviews and other things. Now I don't see the same person as much anymore. Um, And I don't know what's happened. I think it it could be midlife crisis. It could be, um, but it's, I I still love that movie. It still gives me the same feeling. Um, And I just love Wayne's approach at life and everything with the way yeah, he talks a- about stuff in that movie and uh, it's it's just one of those things that always puts me in a good mood when i watch it it's it's one of those documentaries i can watch over and over again i, I don't yeah. know why but i just love it it's great it's like um like you're saying they're kind of at the height of their powers and like i think just um it's really awesome to see you know whether whether you think they're corny or not because you know i i think what's sort of (laughs) great about them is that they do tread sort of a very fine line between um being sort of corny and just like blissful and like kind of uh you know celebratory of life um but like it's I, i think it's i haven't watched it in quite a long time but um from what I remember, it was just kind of really inspiring to see, um, you know, how creative they were during that time of like, you know, they're just kind of jumping from one huge project to the next. And I think they've kept that up in certain ways. Oh, um, for sure. You yeah. know, I think he he's like a dad now and stuff. He's, you know, what, in his 50s or something? Something like um, that. They've been touring nonstop since the the 90s probably yeah Um, i mean i think i've i've probably seen them like seven times eight times something like that yeah they Um, come around a lot yeah and and they really are truly especially if you haven't seen them before it's kind of one of those ones where it's like yeah you should even if you're not particularly into their music they're just kind of one of the best most outrageous live shows yeah Um, and, and, and you know they're always playing 
somewhere. <laughs> so, um, and I mean, like, usually the documentaries crew, like, it was created over like a 10 year span or, or longer. I yeah. don't remember mm-hmm. how long, something like pretty much 20 uh, years, maybe, because yeah, it, it pretty much covers their whole career up until like the time it came out I yeah guess. and so like you're going through just like them being young and starting and like this uh there, it's just a lot of like really funny quirky weird things that happen throughout the entire uh you know their entire experience the only thing that always makes me sad man is i just wish i would have known what happened to ronald and if oh the first guitar player yeah, yeah, yeah if yeah. anybody out there knows what happened to ronald that's his name would be a, ronald something uh ew. anyway i can't remember but yeah he was on the first couple albums i think yeah ronald jones ronald uh, jones, his guitar yeah, yeah. honestly like it's great his guitar work is just uh, so unique like even to this day like some of the stuff that he did and like noises he came up with was just like what the like like if you're like a tom morello fan and like like weird kind of like stuff that like that like tom morello does like yeah just kind of noisy stuff yeah Yeah, like ronald does the same kind of stuff where it's like what how did he do that um i really wish that he stuck around with something but um uh that's okay it might have been for the better for him at least i think it probably was for the better from you know kind of what it sounds like uh, all the rumors that are out there, but we don't have to dig into those, but yeah, yeah. Fearless freaks is awesome. It's just a really good documentary. Like, yeah, it I think like, even if you're not a fan, it's just like one of those things. It's like, it's just a good documentary to see. So, well, um, I could just try to go through some of these are relatively more recent documentaries and a couple of them. I know I've mentioned very briefly before, um, uh, so I'll just kind of hit some of these like m- notable recent ones, I guess, really quick. Um, one that I finally, it came out a- about a year ago, I think, um, but I just got around to it uh, a month or two ago um, is Edgar Wright's movie, the Sparks brothers, which is about this band called Sparks. They've been releasing music, you know, like, regularly every couple of years for like 50 years um they're kind of one of those bands that you're you know people are sort of surprised they haven't heard of or whatever um they've just been doing it forever they found uh i think more success in in europe um overall but they were always just kind of a little bit a little bit fringe in certain ways that um i think um uh, they they make a joke. They make jokes about it in the documentary of like most people think they're a, a British band, um, but they're from California just because they're they have a very kind of like <laughs> UK um, kind of sound about their uh, just their whole thing. And you know they've kind of hit a lot of different styles. They did a an album with a uh, Giorgio Moroder that's really great. Um, uh awesome really really great i I think it's even if i I think it's almost the point that you haven't heard of them um is what makes it so interesting um they're just a really compelling group so it's like you don't even have to be a fan just kind of go into it and it sort of uh gives you the whole thing they're sort of a fun cult band and really excellent um by the way like they're a very good band yeah um 
another one that came out last year doesn't really count as a biography in any particular way, but um, uh, I, I, I said he was going to get mentioned again, but uh, Questlove, I think his first movie he's directed um, that came out last year that I believe is on Hulu called uh, Summer of Soul or maybe Amazon. If you Google it, you can find it. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's about um, this. Oh, let me pull up my notes really quick. It's about um, the Harlem Cultural Festival, which happened in 1969. I think it did really just happen for one year. Um, they put on this just, you know, uh, huge like mini festival in a park. Um Stevie Wonder played, Sly Stone played, Gladys Knight, Mavis Staples, like a ton of unbelievable, just huge, powerful artists from that time. Um, the footage is really incredible. Um, the interviews are really great. It's just kind of this really fun, interesting, you know, it happened for like a weekend and that was it. I think it was the same weekend that... Um, uh, we put a man on the moon as well, oh, which wow. ends up playing yeah. into it. Um, it really, really good documentary. Um, and then the other one that was kind of recent, I think may have come out last year as well, um, is uh, Zappa, which is uh, the Alex Winter documentary about um, Frank Zappa, um, who is, I think, a really challenging guy for a lot of people, but kind of uh throwing back to something i mentioned earlier um this concept that like i think at the time and even still people have a pretty you know poor understanding of who frank zappa was yeah. um because again he he kind of got the same um uh jimmy hendrix treatment where a lot of you know he had long hair he you know had kind of a lot of wild people in his bands throughout the years. Um, you know, he sort of got lumped in with, uh, I, I think a movement that he didn't have really anything to do with, um, nor, you know, nor really had anything to do with him. He's just sort of a really idiosyncratic guy. Yeah. His, you know, he was insanely prolific, like he kind of, defines the word prolific of like he just released such a wide variety of music there's i haven't listened to you know close to everything there is there's tons of live recordings um he's just this sort of like nerd guy <laughs> i mean that's really probably how he would describe yeah, himself it's yeah. like he was just sort of a real big like music nerd and like went to music nerd school and like did the whole thing and was just really kind of obsessed with writing music and was like, it's, it's fun in the documentary to see him like at this big desk, you know, like composing by hand. <laughs> like he really was this, you know, this uh, sort of composer, I think in a lot of ways. And yeah, his music is really difficult. It took me a long time with Zappa. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was particularly uh, trying the live stuff that really won me over. Like oh, to do that, the um, a lot of the mothers of invention live albums are unbelievable. Like they were, I think, I 
they were incredibly ahead of their time in a lot of ways. I think that's even the name of a live album ahead of uh, their time. <laughs> uh, but they really were like they they were doing a lot of like pretty interesting rock and jazz fusion way before a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, you know, that were probably a lot more famous for it because again, he, you know, it's a lot of his music is pretty unusual. He's a pretty yep. unusual guy. Um, that's for sure. Uh, but that's, that's a really good one as well. I think that's kind of does it for like my picks of more kind of current stuff, stuff that's a little bit newer. Um, I see you have a, a few in there. Do you want to? Well, so a few of the uh, picks that I had, aside from the Fearless Freaks, was uh, there's a, a Miles Davis documentary called Birth of Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. Um, but mm-hmm. it's definitely, I, I highly suggest that that book, or excuse me, that documentary. It's It goes into pretty good depth of the only thing I was disappointed about with it is which tends to happen with a lot of Miles Davis stuff that I have listened to. Like I haven't, I know there's an autobiography of his that I would love to read. Um, It's on my list of things that I'd like to read, but that maybe goes into it more, but they always just kind of brush over his electric years real quick. Um, and they don't really go hmm. into or talk much about him and his electric years, which. Yeah, I guess you're right. Huh. Like the only thing that I feel like gave it decent justice, which actually should be on this list, um, is the Ken Burns jazz docuseries. Oh, yeah. Which. Y- yep. That's man. I didn't even think of that one. Yeah. That just came to mind. Just the, <laughs> talking about this Miles Davis one. That's amazing. And that is um, a must. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite long. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Ken Burns. So yeah, if you know who he is, you know, that like, that's what's going to, that's what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's a really, really cool documentary. Um, I mean, he's, I mean, the guy has literally a film effect named after him. Like that's yeah. how, like, like that's says something about him, but um. And I know like there's like a lot of like jokes or whatever, but he really is just like, I, I, I really enjoy pretty much everything he's done. Oh yeah. He's um, like maybe the greatest documentarian of all time. Yeah. You know, incredible. And uh, his jazz one, I feel like they covered the electric years of jazz really of, well, yeah. pretty well. They, they didn't just um, brush over it really quick. It's actually something I don't love about um, the John Coltrane one either is that like they they move away from like a love supreme and stuff and like yeah move into like his avant-garde years and it's like all right like we're not even going to talk about it it's like real controversial for some reason i i think it's a bit a symptom of like i think now we're getting to a place where there's kind of i think less jazz elitism yeah um but for a long time i think it was just sort of like you're playing jazz or you're playing you know like the blues or rock and roll kind of i think um for a long time i don't know i think in a lot of ways only in recent years are we starting to see what um man i throw uh it's funny we just talked about frank zappa but it's like 
I, you know, I think albums like Miles Davis in a silent way or like um, Hot Rats or, or a lot of the Zappa live Mothers of Invention stuff or like a lot of the live Coltrane stuff in particular. I think that a lot of that stuff makes a lot more sense now than it probably did even like 20 years ago. Definitely. Um, I could. I 100% agree. <laughs> Because jazz fusion has had a really big, like, I don't know that it ever went away, but I think it's kind of made a really big comeback in the last 10 or 15 years. Yeah. And um, I, I'd almost even say like, it's almost even hard to say comeback because it never went away. It, it didn't come away. It didn't go away, but it also, because there's so much amazing fusion throughout the nineties and the two thousands. But like, I mean, <laughs> Les Claypool being like one yeah, of the, of the, you know, front runners of that. But like, I think what it is, is it's, it's held such like an inspiration for so many musicians that you probably love right now. Like, um, I mean, I hate to bring them up again in an episode, but like Radiohead, for example, like they constantly are bringing up miles davis albums from like the electric <laughs> years um yeah. uh, uh let's see like i'm trying to think of uh, some other people but it's like uh, i mean it, it, it's sort of almost endless at this point yeah. where it's like there's so much um i think really interesting stuff kind of even more in like the direction of kind of modern electronic music and obviously hip hop. Um, but I think there's a lot of jazz and in, in the kind of more modern, um, hip hop and electronic stuff in particular right now. But, um, I, I think it is having sort of, you know, a a Renaissance or, or something like, I I think it's just, it's kind of one of the best times for sort of, jazz fusion um all of which to say is just um i i think your your point about them you know kind of skipping some of these more like electric fusion years for some of these guys is kind of this thing of like well you know then they went and they did their rock album or whatever because i think at the time that was probably the best context anybody really had um yeah if there's like electric guitars and stuff in it then yeah. you know it's it's like is it really jazz or did he go make a rock and roll album which is why i say that like i think a lot of the kind of classic jazz fusion stuff sort of sounds better than ever because it's like so much of that um especially like the real electric days for miles or, or, or like um i'm trying to think of an example we haven't used already but it's like Miles Davis, I, uh, Chick Corea, uh, is a, yeah, a Chick great, Corea uh, too. Example. Exactly, um, perfect. Herbie Hancock, yep, going Herbie. on like to do, like Watermelon Man in particular. Yeah. I think sounds better than ever. Like, uh, and Watermelon Man is being used as, and sampled in numerous <laughs> like things yeah, today. Totally, yeah. Um, but I, I think we just have better context now. And I say we, and I kind of mean just like the royal we of like I think people generally have more context for what that is now that it's like you play those things now and it, you know people would just be like oh that's like funk or jazz or, or or something like that where i think more at the time some they probably would have been like oh yeah that's like a funk or a rock album yeah. or something I yeah. guess. 
Yeah, I just it, I I think you're right because it it's like nobody with, can with all the big guys with Miles Davis, yeah. Coltrane, uh, same with Chick Corea. Uh, I mean, you could put Harvey Hancock in there too. Absolutely, um, where it's like they all went wonder like you know John Coltrane went the avant garde route. Everybody you know hated it and i you know it's funny we say that because like now we're talking you know like our scott walker episode we were kind of talking about later years of scott walker being just too too much for us but very divisive but you never sure. know you know 10 20 more years down the line and people are probably gonna be like yeah they just didn't get it and we're gonna be kind of kicking ourselves but oh no absolutely i guarantee you that will be the case <laughs> but, um but yeah i totally agree with that statement and um I mean, talk about some also just great fusion being made today with the, you know, with hip hop being more of a thing now, just, I mean, Micaiah McCraven's one of those guys for me, like right now, that's just doing some crazy fusion. Um, And uh, I mean, there's so many guys just on like the international anthem label, for example, that uh, there's Mm -hmm. just a lot of great stuff on there. Um, But yeah. Uh, it's still though, uh, Miles Davis, Birth of Cool is a really cool uh, documentary yeah, to check absolutely. out. Um, and then the only other one I put on here, uh, and like I said, I'm sure I'm missing some, but Changing Time, it's kind of like, a, I guess, an ex- obscure one, but it's free to watch on YouTube. And uh, it's about Jojo Mayer, who's a you know jazz oh, drummer, yeah. jazz, like funk drummer, I guess. He's been in several things like... Uh, Screaming Headless Torsos is one of yes. his big ones. And uh, now he's like in a band called Nerve uh, that he's like with two other guys. And mm-hmm. it's really, it's just really cool to kind of see his life. And here's he, uh, his parents are in it and his parents talk about his upbringing. And um, yeah, it's just like, it's just like one of those kind of feel good documentaries. And he's just a fun guy to listen to. He talks a lot about where he thinks music is going his ted talks also fantastic oh but, um, dang yeah but he yeah, I uh, check that out he he just talks a lot of like in his ted talk like he'll talk about uh he talks about like the change of like how how a drum like one drum can have so many different sounds and uh like mm-hmm. how what it's changed in all the years and it's it's just really cool but the documentary he gets into some of that and he also his big thing is um you know like with machines and stuff which he they use a lot of in their music too you know like if you listen to nerve it sounds very electronic yeah no uh, like, very, very much so he's very famous for taking the drum like dr- you know drum and bass or drill and bass music of like the 90s early 2000s like that electronic style of music mm-hmm. and trying to make it possible organically yeah. oh yeah, yeah yeah and that's like one of his big things is uh he talks a lot in the documentary about how like the one thing machines can't quite do and i guess it's debatable now but is improvise and that's like one thing that's just very human is the improvisation of like you know mm-hmm. jazz music things like that and yeah. um he's like he just you know he brings up you know that that's like that's just like one of those things that inspires him is like, what can I do a little bit differently this time or that time? Like in, yeah. in the moment. Um, so it's, it's really cool. I, I, yeah, it's, 
it's really interesting you say that because just based on a couple of things we've talked about already, um, there's this really interesting progression in general um, with sort of drums in music that, um, you know, you look at a, a quest love. Yeah. Prime He's example. a guy who describes himself as being a person who's in a place where it's like, well, okay. So he learned kind of, you know, sort of strict, like standard jazz drums kind of. And then, you know, he started this hip hop group and then everybody, you know, people like uh, Pete Rock, Dr. Dre, Jay Dilla, um, the RZA, a lot of these people started, you know, then using samples of, you know, that kind of music, basically sampling the drums off of those, but then trying to make them sound human on, you know, like samplers, like pretty crude samplers and, and drum machines by today's standards. And in so doing, they really kind of like brought, a thing to it where it's like you're talking about um you know jojo mayer like playing um drum and bass like break beats and stuff yeah. that's all you know pretty much based off of the james brown funky drummer break yeah and that's like um, one of the big things he talks about too like in the yeah, ted it, talk heavily talks about that exactly and it was such a thing for like a lot of styles of music but hip-hop you know in hip-hop and like drum and bass in particular took drum samples like that and sped them way up or slowed them yeah. way down or did things, you know, in the samplers to sort of, you know, either make them, you know, feel more human or feel more rigid and robotic. And now these people like Jojo Mayer or Questlove or whoever are now complete, have come full circle and are now on the other side. Whereas it's like, so we're trying to play drums like stuff sounds on the records, like all yeah. the drum and bass and hip hop records. Well, yeah, and, stuff. and I think in the documentary um, they talk about how fascinating Jojo Mayer he like played in a hip hop group for a while too. Like I'm sure he and, did, and and so like yeah, I mean it's um, uh, Mouse on Mars is another cool example. Yeah. Of that. They always have a live drummer. I don't remember what his name is, but he's fantastic. They did not when I saw them. Um, oh really yeah i mean but not i guess i shouldn't say always because there is also like the boiler room but i can sets totally imagine don't yeah. have him in it but if you look any live stuff up on youtube you'll you'll see quite a few of them with the um with the drummer uh but yeah that's always the best and it's it's just really cool like there's like a old clip of them playing a song called uh twift shoe blade and oh, yeah. uh yeah and they like the the drummer is in there with them on that and it's it's really cool like it it's like really he's just really tight and solid with all the beats and like of course they've got electronic beats on top but it's really interesting how they've like mixed that and i think they were definitely kind of because it's an old clip like i don't know what year that would have even been but the video right. was just uploaded 15 years ago so and it was definitely prior <laughs> yeah. to that so uh, it's just really, they were definitely on the forefront of that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that's another cool thing to check out in that aspect. But um, yeah, I um, I like that one a lot. Um, yeah. We kind of have another section on here that we can go over really fast, which is just kind of podcasts and other media. Um, I know you put quite a few podcasts on here. 
one thing that I just wanted to bring up that I think is something that I've never quite seen. I, I haven't really seen another band do. I know they've done it. Like I think Taylor Swift, for example, I don't know if it was 1989 or red, but she did like a album where she talks about like each song in between yeah. the songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not quite a new thing, but it's something that I don't see often. And I think now with streaming is probably going to become more popular. Yeah, um, I'm seeing them here and there. Yeah. Yeah, a band that I I like from Spain. Um, wow, no. Uh, Leon Benevente is like, they did that, uh, like, as like, they call it like a music, like album podcast. So they talk about the album at the beginning, hits the first song, and then they kind of go over each song and there's certain inspirations. And I thought it was really cool um just because like i i hadn't seen like it was on spotify and it was kind of like an original it wasn't like an album it yeah. was it was just laid out kind of in an interesting way which i thought was like man that's like a really cool new way of uh doing that but that was just something i i definitely see happening in the future and i hope to see more of but that was just something i wanted to put on the side of this um, yeah, totally. But I'll let you go ahead and talk about some of these podcasts. I listen to a lot of them as, as um, well. So, And I know I've already kind of, I believe I've mentioned all of these before. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, um, no dogs in space is one that I love. It's uh, the last podcast network guys. It's uh, um, Marcus Parks and Carolina Hidalgo. They do like just kind of these multi-episodes sort of like dig ins to just kind of different bands and stuff. Um, really, really interesting. Um, I, I think if you're just looking for kind of more along the lines of what we're talking about today, just kind of biographical, um, you know, very informational kind of like well-researched stuff. That's a really good one. Um, Broken record is pretty good. I don't listen to it all the time anymore. It's um I, I just usually pop in when uh, I see somebody I'm particularly interested in. Um, yeah, it, it's sort of all, all all over the place as far as like who you're gonna he be hearing, like interviewing the subject. Um, it's hit or miss sometimes, but it's mostly hit. Like when I see somebody on there that I'm interested in, it's generally really good. Um, I really like the Rick Rubin interviews um, when he's on and does the interviews. Um, yeah. Malcolm Gladwell occasionally here and there. He's awesome. Um, His podcast is great too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I know I have definitely also mentioned, uh, did I ever tell you the one about, which is, uh, MC searches uh, thing. They've been kind of covering MF doom for a while. That's a really good one. Cool. Um, the new season of what had happened was just started, which I haven't dug into yet. Um, I actually just realized today <laughs> that the new season started, but um, the first two seasons uh, it's this rapper open Mike Eagle, just like the sweetest, most awesome dude open mike eagle is very good people um he it, it's uh he, like the first season he interviewed uh prince paul for was the whole season they just kind of went through his career the second season they did lp which was amazing um i don't remember who it's supposed to be this season like i said i haven't uh started it yet but um it, it's been excellent so far i love that podcast um yeah, that's uh, that's what I brought for those. 
Yeah, I kind of mentioned them. So if you know, you know. Yeah, uh, I I like all of those as well. Um, I I I just put like uh, these are kind of like more big public ones, I guess. But uh, just in case you don't know about them, there's like uh, if you go to like the NPR One app or their website or whatever, there's these NPR Jazz profiles where they just cover music musicians and their life, and usually they're like a two parter. Those are really cool. Um, like, especially if like, uh, like either those like John Coltrane book or the Miles Davis, like anything like that piqued your interest, uh, but you don't want to read it, uh, or, or like pay for audible or something, which I think both of like all of that's on like library apps too. So you can easily listen to them via that, but the podcasts, uh, those NPR jazz profiles cover a lot of the same thing and they're really yep. good. Um, also, just one last shout out that I would put, uh, would love to plug is the um, uh, Desert Island Discs by the BBC yeah. is kind of a cool one. I mean, it, it's it's all kind of music, but they just bring in like big people that aren't necessarily even in music. Uh, I was just looking through them and they've got a new one with Neil Gaiman, who's like the, yeah. the author um, of The Sandman. Yeah. Um, I want, I want to listen to that. That's, that would be really cool. Uh, but they've also got like, uh, who else have I listened to on there? Uh, Christopher Nolan was like a big one that's on there. Um, yeah, that would be good. But yeah, lots of different people. And uh, just, they just talk about what dis like what music they would take with them to a desert Island, which is just kind of yeah. a, a fun little concept and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but there's so much out there in way of podcasts that um, totally uh, the only thing I would say was probably um, that uh, there's a lot uh, I want to read. Uh, and I just uh, like uh, Stephen Wilson's coming out with a new autobiography. I'm sure that's going to be really cool. He's also yeah. doing the audio book of that himself, which that, is uh, always kind of cool. Um, That'll be cool. Yeah. And then uh if you uh, not necessarily music, but uh, that I I don't hear a lot about this podcast, but it's obviously big because he gets big names. But the the Bob Leftist podcast, he gets a lot of really cool musicians <laughs> and just people in general. But uh, just like I found out about him through a Stephen Wilson interview, which is oh, okay. phenomenal. Um, but yeah, it, it, he he that the Steven Ellison one is just really good covers like a lot of things that you don't necessarily ever hear him asked about. So that was, it was pretty fun. Um, but other than that, I think we can just cut it there. Cause that covers a lot of stuff and <laughs> we're obviously going to just keep talking about books and things, yeah. but at least for now, that gives like people just an idea of like it's just some cool stuff to check out for yeah. sure. I have got a couple of other documentaries. Um, I won't oh, even yeah. go into them, um, but th- there's a couple others on here that I think are just um, if you haven't seen them and, and you're just kind of you know y- you like kind of the stuff we're talking about. Um, let's see, uh, a band called Death is really good. Um, the last waltz home or uh, the last waltz, excuse me. Uh, it's just kind of a, uh, it's an older one, but that's a classic, uh, who is Harry Nilsson is very good. Um, Jocko is great, uh, about the, 
the uh, the great bass player Jaco Pistorius, um, and then also um, I, I know it's got a lot of coverage I- I as well, so I, I I didn't particularly feel like we needed to mention it um, just because everybody's talking about it. But that uh, that Get Back documentary on uh, HBO is very good. If you like the Beatles, it's an it, absolute must. It's on. Is is it also on Disney Plus? Am I mistaking that? Is that where that went? Is uh, what? maybe that's where it was. I, I you might be right. <laughs> that may actually be. I, right. think, I thought maybe it was HBO, but you could be right. I think know, it actually was Disney Plus. Now that you say it, um, but yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I, I've yeah, it's Disney Plus. Um, that one, like, I'm not even like a Beatles fanatic, but I'm just really interested to see that one. And uh, so, yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, it definitely helps to be r- really, really into the Beatles because uh, yeah. it's pretty long. But no, um, yeah, but like Peter Jackson great. is also a pretty solid yeah. guy. Oh, like you can trust it. So yeah, he uh, he really nailed it. It's yeah, it's excellent. And that's why I want to check it out. Like I've just heard so many people talk about how well he did. Um, it's unbelievable. So. The, the footage they got for that thing is unbelievable. Like, like I said, everybody's already kind of talked about it already. So, yeah. you know, not much but to say, it, but it really it, like the footage they got is unbelievable. Yeah. That's cool, man. I'll have to check that out. Um, Garrett, you have some release news real quick before we take off. Um, I don't really have much to say. Yeah, but... I did. I, I'll kind of just say these ones as well. Uh, um, you know, just some things I listened to in, that were rec- that came out recently that I was kind of interested in. New Mr. Wasso was good. He like worked with a rapper. The new Tennyson was really great. Uh, the new Mitski I really liked. Uh, big Thief had a new album that was good. Um, Orville Peck, who I'm a really big fan of, just released like I think the first half or so of his upcoming album it's like several tracks from it or something like that that was really fun um pedro the lion had an album last month that i really liked uh there's also a new kim petrus like little short thing from a couple of weeks ago that i was really into cool um but yeah always tons of new stuff there sweet well we'll hang it up on you guys this has been definitely a little bit longer one than than usual but um uh, hey this kind of stuff's fun to talk about so i don't yeah i'm i think it's great and it. uh with that we'll close out the show um be sure to head to the show notes for all of our social links anything like that and um we'll catch you on the next one see ya see ya